helping clients meet their financial goals and prepare for the future. Schroders actively and responsibly manages investments. The world is forever changing, and we understand the need to adapt and evolve in line with what matters most to our clients. Hello, my name is John Schaefer, and welcome to the City World Wealth Manager podcast. Apple's share price has been on a monumental rise over the past two years, with the firm surpassing a $2 trillion market cap earlier this year. Last week, Apple launched its first 5G smartphone, the iPhone 12, with four different models available for eager Apple fanboys. I spoke with Storm Uru, manager of the Lion Trust Global Dividend Fund, who recently sold out of the mega cap tech stock. I wanted to start off um, by asking you why you sold out of Apple and, and when you did so. Mm, thanks, John. And um, uh, yeah, the these sort of Titan tech stocks right now are very topical and for a very good reason. And if we just sort of look at Apple in particular here, um, just over the last two years, um, Apple Apple stock prices up almost three hundred percent. And earnings, um, which is a good predictor of future price returns, is actually down slightly from $59 billion down to $57 billion. I mean, these numbers are extra, extraordinarily large, um, but slightly down. So, so what we've seen is we've seen a massive re-rating in some of these very large sort of tech titans, um, and Apple being one of them. And, and from, from my perspective, um, uh, when markets are moving hard and fast like they are, over the past nine months in this unprecedented sort of market environment, it's more important than ever to lean on lean on the process, investment process. And so, Apple in particular hit my hit my price target, um, three-year price target in, in late August. Um, and so, so we sold it out of the fund. And look, there's some there's some crazy valuations in the market right now. You I know, mean, snowflake. when you say uh, hit your price target, is that sort of around that? So two trillion dollar market cap valuation. Yeah, so I had a I had a price target of one hundred and twenty dollars um, on on Apple, um, and it went through that late August. Uh, so so the global dividend fund I run it based on um, thirty to forty concentrated portfolio, thirty to forty stocks, and I've got a watch list of one hundred and thirty companies. And as those companies become attractive, then they come out of the watch list and onto the portfolio. And as they as they hit the sell discipline, then they come out. So my sort of my outlook for Apple as a business is you know nothing's changed. It's going into a massive five G super cycle. The, the service part of the business really is just printing money right now, sixty percent margins, and that's the reason why we're starting to we're starting to attract a lot of antitrust um, sort of noise from regulators. Um, and the wearables business is, is extraordinary how quickly they've grown it, but. It, What's important is how we value these companies and, and to, to lean on these sort of sale disciplines and, you know, using traditional valuation techniques. You know, Apple's now trading on 40 times next year's earnings, and that is an expensive valuation um, for a company, no matter how good a company it is, particularly how large it is and how much it takes for it to grow from where it is now. But, you know, even even if it, that is the case, even if it is trading at 40 times valuations, are you not missing out on potentially an opportunity? You did, you did say the, the sort of mass margins on their services businesses at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and um, you know, so when, when a company hits my price target, you know, I'm happy to sit on the sidelines. It's an important part of the investment process I have within the fund. 
Uh, and look, there's plenty of other opportunities around the world right now. We don't need to be entirely invested in these big tech titans. There's a whole heap of other ways of fantastic businesses around the world that are trading at significant discounts to their intrinsic value. Um, you know, what's going to be the next company which which drives the same sort of shareholder returns as Apple? And there's probably a whole heap of them around there. Um, hopefully, we've, we've made investments in a couple which which have similar characteristics. Um, clearly very different business models and very different types of businesses. But, um, you know, Apple, Microsoft, um, Facebook, you know, Amazon, they're not the only stocks in yeah. town that can that are, that are executing. Um, of course, you know, but I suppose they've, they've got huge cash buffers behind them as well to be able to, to sort of, you know, put money into R&D, launch new products that perhaps other smaller companies couldn't. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think one thing that I sort of was astounded by when I was uh, sort of doing a bit of research for this, this, this discussion earlier today was um, so so Microsoft now is on a, four, a ten times EV to sales right now. Uh, another company which I never thought would be on a comparative relative valuation right now is Peloton. Peloton is on a on a ten times forward EV to sales right now. Um, Someone classified Peloton as an incredibly speculative stock. Um, and based on valuations that, that Microsoft is seen as very much like a steady eddy, steady performer. But the fact is that both of those companies now are on a very, fairly similar relative valuations. At some point, we need to consider maybe that some of these stock prices are starting to depart from what the companies are actually worth. And we saw this sort of happen sort of in the run-up to 2000, um, where... These companies are fantastic companies, and they've got good growth prospects. Uh, they 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 generate a lot of cash. Um, they've got plenty of places to still reinvest, but sometimes earnings have got to catch up to to where the price is. Clearly, you've got quite a, a dividend focus on your fund. Um, so so, what did you buy in place of Apple? What what other kind of sort of high growth, high growth, high dividend yield um, stocks did you replace it with? Yes, there's plenty of plenty of new opportunities across the watch list where we sort of talked to you about before. One one particular company that stands out right now um, that ticks all the five characteristics that was required for it to be a global leader and for it to come into the into the fund is, is Disney. So Disney, um, you know, clearly got a great growth runway ahead with its pivot to the direct to consumer business. It's got an incredible back catalogue of, of franchises got pricing power and it, it's proven over many decades that it can build a brand. Now what, what's really interesting is that because of the theme parks being closed is that um, the stock price has returned to a level where it hasn't been for well over five years but the actual business itself has changed significantly um, over the last five years and so the future value of this company really is in its direct to consumer business and its ability to monetize that. Are you not concerned about all those theme parks closing? Or, or not, well, not necessarily closing, but at least not not being able to generate the same amount of revenue for the for the next at least the next couple of months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as as a, a long term investor, you know, these short term market movements give us the ability to to to, to generate long term economic value for our, for our clients. And yeah, this is this is a, this is an opportunity where I think you need to step into market volatility to buy. A, a proportion of a, of a company at, at a fantastic price. Um, you know, the company's got 27 billion of cash on its balance sheet. So clearly, you know, if, if the theme parks are shut for the next two years, it doesn't actually matter because um, it can still um, economically get itself through the next two years. But if you think about the 
the way that it's executing Disney Plus. It's extraordinary. So it took eight years for Netflix to get to 60 million subscribers. Disney Plus got there in eight months. Um, and that's only the start of it starting to build this I, sort of I agree, but I think it's a bit unfair because probably Disney Plus wouldn't have been able to do that without Netflix's um, rise, you know, because everyone watches Netflix now and to sort of shift from one platform to the other is quite easy now. Whereas, you know, the, 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 the idea of going on a streaming platform eight years ago was very novel and, and broadband speeds weren't the same then as well. It's, there are other factors involved, surely. Yeah, that's, a, that's an incredibly good point. And, and one which Apple has executed so well at, it's never had to be the first to market. You know, Samsung came to the market with 5G phones, what was it 18 months ago now? Um, it does it to, to build the best product and to capture that economic value going forward. It doesn't always mean you need to be first. Um, and Netflix has paved the way. Now, I don't think, so what I'm not, what I'm not sort of proposing is that that Disney is going to take down Netflix. Now, that's not, that's, that's not what I'm proposing here. I think there's room for a number of very important players in the streaming world. But what I do think is that Disney is a very difficult competitor for Netflix, for those others that are following from now, because they are just so good at building brand awareness across um, the world. Let's move back on to Apple and the valuation. What do you think would topple the share price? It's a very good question, particularly if a company is executing on its growth plans and, and always finding new ways to grow. So um, so the reason why I sold it out of the fund is because it's hit my price target. That means that I think that the, the expected return of the company over the next two or three years is, is not as attractive as other other sort of prospects in, the, in, in my watch list. So the, the stock price may just go sideways now as, as earnings catch up to where the price is. I mean, we saw that with Amazon for about two to three years um, after a big run up through up to 2015, 2016, as the stock price actually went sideways as the company invested heavily in, in, and started to build its next growth, growth phase. And so I wouldn't be surprised that if Apple sort of sits and takes a breather here. There's, there's clearly some, 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 some risk to the downside um, the iPhone replacement cycle is lengthening over time. It'll be interesting to see how clearly we're going to have a lot more people being, being, buying 5G phones. As, you know, my wife has been waiting for, for two years to buy the new 5G phone. So <laughs> without, without doubt, there's going to be you know, probably higher unit sales this year than there ever has been. Um, but you know, like, but can, can you tell who's got a 5G phone and who hasn't? Now, it used to be like a, a very sort of and a, a very much a inverted thing to have a new iPhone, but I've got a case straight on my iPhone now, so you can even sure. tell if it's 11 or an 8 or a, a 9. Like, I, yeah. like, no one really knows anymore. And, and, but, and but I mean, the sure, surely the, the advent of 5G isn't um, an aesthetic thing. This is pure, purely on speed, really, and, and functionality. Mm, mm. I particularly... It, definitely the gamers are going to really benefit from 5G. I don't, I don't play a lot of games on my phone, so... From, from my perspective, it's not really going to change the incremental benefit of, of, of me having it. Um, you know, escalation in the trade trade war, um, depending on the, 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 the sort of president election, um, you know, the next month, that's, that's going to have a, that's probably going to have a knock-on effect. And clearly the regulatory traction is also going to be what, what's going to happen there. If, if, Trump, if Trump, get, Trump gets back into the White House in the US and he escalates the trade war, I mean, a very important revenue base for Apple is, is in China. So clearly we've had a pause in, 
an escalation of the trade war um, there. And so what happens next does matter for Apple. Sure, of course. Um, I actually just wanted to draw down a little bit more on the 5G thing. Do, do you not think there is a bit of an opportunity missed? I know you said you know, there's that as- aspect of people wanting the latest thing and kind of showing off that they've got the new iPhone. But um, as you've said, you know, people have been waiting for two years to buy this this new um, rollout of phones. Um, could there not just be a huge spike of demand for, for this generation? Yeah, absolutely, it could be. Um, absolutely. The um, 30% of Apple's revenues comes from its services business, um, and its services business is really driven by um, in-the-phone gaming purchases. So, you know, if you have, you know, if, if the reason why people buy um, the iPhone 5G, uh, 5G iPhone um, is to use gaming, and they make a lot more in you know, in-game purchases, and that's really going to drive very high margin. Uh, and I suppose that could, uh, now, as, you, as you're mentioning, sort of the things like Apple Arcade could really, really rise on that basis. Exactly, yeah. and then that's why we're seeing, um, you know, gaming competitors like Epic start the the regulatory movement they're making now in terms of antitrust. So yeah. you, you can see you can see why they're making the noises they are now before. Um, the iPhone becomes a more important part of their the gaming revenue from from these big big sort of you know gamers like Epic. Um, yeah. So you can, you can you can really see why why it's sort of engaging uh, this this type of regulatory movement at w- the moment. W- w- that antitrust element is that going to hurt Apple going forward? Uh, d- <laughs> so it depends on clearly where it goes next. Uh, they, they, yeah, I mean it's a very difficult and complicated. Discussion and not one that I'm probably very well sort of. Um, and I suppose I'm it, expert it, in the matter. I suppose all. it depends, especially what happens with the with the election result as well. And, and I suppose um, Biden's reaction to these kind of the fan companies will be will be different from Trump's, um, especially sort of around taxation as well. I mean, is that something that that could be a concern for, for Apple? Sort of higher taxation on corporates, which not just in the US but sort of across the globe, there have been complaints on, on fangs and their their tax record. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that astounds me, particularly with Apple and their App Store, is the fact that they take thirty percent of all revenues. Clearly, some of some of um, the the companies on that particular app development website they get a little bit less, but they have to pay a little bit less. But I mean, that's more than the government taxes. You know, a US company thirty percent. It's to me, as a consumer, even though I know I'm not paying Apple directly, I do know that you know I'm paying these companies over the App Store more money because Apple's taking such a big slice. Just because it's hidden to us um, doesn't mean that consumers are not paying for it. So from my perspective, it seems unfair given that the only way that I can buy, you know, New York Times subscription right now is is via, you know, an app on, on here, which then 30% goes to Apple. I'm not sure if they should have, they should have you know, complete monopoly over that distribution. And, and I suppose to get, any kind of application or, as you say, sort of new subscription onto the iOS devices, you have to go through the App Store, really, don't you? There's no other way yeah. of doing it. So, I mean, yeah, okay. that, that, that is very, there is, there is a, a case for competition on that. Um, one other thing on the iPhone 12 launch, obviously the, the stock price dipped a bit after the launch. So seemingly the market was pretty disappointed. Why do you think that was? Mm. Yeah, it was very difficult to explain short-term price movements, particularly at the moment. Um, yeah, I think I think it was Monday or Tuesday this week we saw Apple, Amazon, and Google all up five percent off 
of known use. And if you think about that, I mean, Apple moving up that amount is equivalent to adding 100, 120 billion market cap to its to, to its share, to its market capitalization. No, I mean that's that, that's more than market capitalization of Shell. Um, so, you know, we, we are seeing some unusual price action at the moment, and we know back in August that may have been a result of maybe SoftBank Group having having a go at some of the options, you know, buying co options, and yeah. You know, so it's you know we, we are seeing unusual moves in the market right now, and. Um, and, and that's just another example. I have seen some analysis done by the sell side showing that every time in the lead up to an announcement that the stock price tends to go sideways or is a bit weaker for okay. some time afterwards. But I, I'm not sure if that's really... So this isn't you know, exactly unprecedented, unprecedented having a bit of a dip in the shock, stock price. Correct, correct. Particularly when we have large moves up like we have done. I mean, as I said, Apple's up close to 300% in the last two years. I mean, that's an extraordinary move. Um, and it no longer has the tailwind of it being able to buy back its stock, a large proportion of its stock at a low price. There's all these little things which, you know, over the past two years, it has been a tailwind for the company as it's really ramped up its services revenue, as it's been able to buy back a lot of its stock at a low price. Um, and, and, and sort of this. I suppose with, with this new phone launch, do you, I suppose a lot of it will hinge on its popularity in Asia. I mean, do you think that the Chinese market will buy into a 5G iPhone? I mean, there's, there's obviously a lot of alternatives out there. Mm, yeah, and the, the gaming market in, in China, just to take it back to the gaming market, um, because it is just so important for for not only the, the hardware, but also the in-app purchases. Is, you know, the Chinese market is very much um, a gaming market, particularly for mobile customers. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's stronger than predicted demand there for, for the iPhone, as long as the trade war doesn't escalate. I mean, we've known, we've seen in the past that the trade, well, skirmishes between Japan and China have resulted in maybe less Toyota cars being brought in, in China. So, you know, it, 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 there's, a, there's a lot more, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty out there in terms of what what's going to happen in the next 12 months. But, but priced for almost full perfection with, with where we are at almost 40 times earnings. Um, going back onto, onto the, the hardware itself, I know we've talked a bit about services that Apple is providing and the, the, the growth in that business, but, um, you know, Apple's going to its own proprietary silicon chips on its um, Mac desktops and laptops moving away from, from Intel. Um, is that going to spur on a, a significant increase in profit margins? Uh, it's, it's, uh, so this development has has meant quite a large implication for the broader sort of technology industry. I'm not sure how, what it means for Apple's sort of margins going forward. So the great thing for us as as you know users of MacBooks or um, or desktops is that it, the, the laptops can be quieter. Um, they're going to be faster and they're, they're not going to be as hot because they run off better kit. Um, Intel has unfortunately been through a very difficult period in the last five years and has fallen behind competition in terms of developing um, faster silicon chips. And so what we're seeing is we're seeing um, you know, major players like Amazon, Google and Apple now moving to, um, to, to changing their production of silicon chips away from Intel and, and, and towards Taiwan Semiconductor. Um, and so... Uh, that, that that's a big change change in terms of industry dynamics, and and what we've seen is think Apple now as a stock price languish, and um, as it's losing its leadership position, we're seeing Taiwan Semiconductor re- well assert itself as the most dominant sort of what they call foundry, so that, that that's what manufactures the silicon chips. Um, so I don't know if the 
if it's going to really change um, the outlook for Apple that much. I suspect that they'll have probably better and more efficient supply chains because Intel was, you know, not delivering on time. They were they were slow to develop new technology, and so Taiwan Taiwan Semiconductor has got a very 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 good record um, for on time delivery. It's 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 the best in market in terms of technology development. So it's probably going to help maybe help Apple maybe keep keep up a bit closer to Samsung in terms of hardware development as well, um, because it's no longer held up by held up held up by Intel. Yeah, I mean, I I, I know sort of in, in the professional market, a lot of people will, will talk about the Macs, but in, in reality for Apple, it's it's always going to be the iOS devices at the moment that are driving the, the most amount of revenue, I assume, and I assume that's going to be the case over the, the next couple of years as well. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and this, is, this is a bit more speculative, and I'm not sure how much traction this have, but has, but there is sort of um, speculation that because um, the MacBooks and laptops are, speed, are able to speed up now with with the better silicon chips, that maybe people will, will be using applications on Mac, MacBooks and desktops more often. Um, and so I don't know how that affects service revenue as well. I'm not sure if that, if that changes anything there, but that is a, that was an interesting sort of thought that was thrown out there that I read about maybe a couple weeks ago, but I'm not, I'm not sure I should track I mean, it's difficult with that because anecdotally, they're, they're not exactly sluggish Mac computers. They're, they're they work pretty well, you know. <laughs> so it's even without the, yeah. the silicon chips, it's it's not as if, um, you know, the real laggards with with the with the old chipsets. So, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm I definitely not, I'm know not... what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I think if, I think if you're doing I think if you're doing very sort of detailed Photoshop and and you know very yeah. sort of a complex sort of video editing and things. I, yeah. I think I think you need a bit more yeah. a bit more horsepower, but. For, for for people like me, it's um you know a MacBook from a couple of years ago is absolutely fine. Yeah, perfect. Um, Good stuff. Um, great. Well, Storm, it's been been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I think my my last question is, um, should others like you be selling Apple at the moment? <laughs> well, I, I, I definitely won't sort of um, you know encourage anyone else to sort of follow me and what I'm doing. I, I from from my perspective, it's it's it really is around um, leaning on my my sort of investment process and, uh, process and my sale discipline. So, you know, without a doubt, you know, Apple's going to continue executing um, uh, its business plan. It's, it's firing on all cylinders. Um, but from from my perspective, you know, price. The, the value of a company and the price you pay is incredibly important, and particularly as an income investor, you know I don't really want to take a huge amount of risk. And um, you know I, I think that think that Apple's now is, is quite expensive, um, and and needs to needs to execute very well going forward to justify the price it's now trading at. Sure, Storm, thank you so much. Thank you very much, John. Schroders is built on 200 years of experience and expertise. We partner with our clients, constructing innovative products and solutions across private assets and alternatives, solutions, mutual funds, institutional and wealth management. By combining our commitment to active management and focus on sustainability, our strategic capabilities are designed to deliver positive outcomes. With over 5,000 talented staff across 35 locations, we are able to stay close to our clients and understand their needs.